Coming up, Rabbi David Aaron's top four criterion to look for in a spouse. Welcome, everyone, to At Home in Jerusalem, the podcast on Aish.com. I'm Heather Dean, and this is the place where each week a well-known Torah scholar drops by for a visit and shares important insights that will make home life better. And today, I'm at Aisha Torah's headquarters in Jerusalem, Israel, with my guest, Rabbi David Aaron, who is back on the podcast, and this time to share some of his insights about what to look for in a spouse. Rabbi Aaron is the dean and founder of Israelite, an international organization and center for Jewish learning in Jerusalem's old city and Yeshivat Oraita, which offers a one to two year program for high school graduates. To contact Rabbi Aaron or to purchase any of his eight books, visit RabbiDavidAaron.com. That's R-A-B-B-I-D-A-V-I-D-A-A-R-O-N.com. Welcome back, Rabbi David Aaron, to At Home in Jerusalem. Thank you. Okay, so what to look for in a spouse you have uh, a very specific approach, which I think it's, it's very clarifying, I should say. So let's bullet point first. What are we looking for? Well, first, uh, there has to be attraction. I think a lot of people feel kind of uncomfortable admitting that. I don't know why. Um, but there has to be attraction. Now, it, it doesn't mean wild horses and, you know, it, it, but, but there has to be an attraction. Now, one of my teachers said something very um very, very wise. He said, you know, if you meet somebody and at first she doesn't attract you, but everything else is good, then go out again. And if she still doesn't attract you, but everything else is good, go out again. But after three times, for some reason, she doesn't attract you, it's not physical. There's something that you Mm. deep down inside are picking up and it's coming out because there's times where you meet somebody and at first look, they don't seem to attract you, but you get to know them a little better. And suddenly they're very attractive. So when you're really connecting with somebody, I'm sure a lot of our listeners have had an experience where you kind of look at a picture of yourself and you say, that doesn't look like me. <laughs> well, how could that be? I mean, a, a camera is the most objective thing. But mm-hmm. the truth is, we don't see people with objective eyes. We see people with our subjective eyes and we and how they look physically is going to change how they we connect spiritually. So mm-hmm. attraction, we have to be careful, uh, but there has to be attraction. Okay. You can't, in the end, be under your chuppah, under your wedding canopy and feel, you know, I just, I'm not attracted to this right, person. Right. Mm-hmm. But then if we get past that, um, okay. then it's about communication. Mm-hmm. Can we really talk to each other? Can we hear each other? Do we speak the same language? Uh, if there isn't a, a communication, then because the secret to a long lasting relationship is communication. Mm-hmm. I remember when my daughter was dating my now son-in-law, uh, she said, you know, how, how, how do you know this is going to work? He said, because when we have a problem, we're going to talk and we're going to talk and we're going to talk until we solve that problem. And, you know, if, if people can't talk, I don't know how they can move through the troubles that they're dealing with. So people need to feel that they can talk and that they're being heard. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But then really bottom, bottom line is there has to be shared values and a vision. Mm -hmm. I mean, for instance, let's say I'm dating somebody and she really wants to live in Israel and I really don't want to live in Israel. Now, unless I, I, I'm ready to make that change, then it's just not going to work. It's just not going to work. And you can't date somebody with the hopes that they're going to change. You can date somebody with the hopes that you might change, Mm -hmm. and at some point you're going to have to be real with yourself and say, 
either I'm, I'm with them in that vision or I'm not. But you, you can't go out with somebody and expect them to change. That's not fair. And um, sadly, I've seen people do that mm -hmm. and it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and last but not least, uh, I, I, I think it's important that there is an element of mental health. Now, who, who doesn't have stuff? I mean, I have stuff. Everybody has stuff. Uh, my wife was very, uh, uh, was very compassionate towards me. But there's a certain willingness to work on yourself. If you're not willing to work on yourself, you're, if you're not self-aware, of course we all have issues. But people who are self-aware and growth-minded, they'll be okay because mm -hmm. they'll work at it. Um, that's kind of what I experienced when I was dating my wife at the time. You know, obviously she wasn't my wife. The first thing I noticed about her is, um, it, it's a strange thing, but I felt she was very accepting of who I am. Uh, I'm known to be a public speaker, but actually uh, I'm a pretty quiet guy, which a lot of people would be surprised at. When I get on stage, I've got plenty to say, but I'm, when I'm by myself uh, with one person, I'm not so, mm -hmm. I'm not so uh, I don't talk that much. And a lot of girls got annoyed with me and thought I was being inappropriate and I didn't like them because I was quiet, but I am quiet. But when I met my wife, she just accepted that. Mm. And we went out for like three, four dates, and I said almost nothing. Mm. And on the fifth date, I said, you know, I haven't really said much. Does that bother you? And she said, no. And I said, why not? She said, well, I, I believe that when you're ready to talk and share, you will. And I haven't shut up since. <laughs> you know, so she created that space mm -hmm. and that willingness to understand my mode of communication. Sometimes I need to be quiet till I'm ready to talk. Um, so those are kind of examples. I, I, you know, in, in addition to that, when we were dating, we had shared so many values and, and vision, but I had, I'd shared with her that I'm a complicated guy. I'm a deep thinker, and very often deep thinkers come because they had complicated, challenging lives. Mm -hmm. And I said, does that worry you? And she said, no. And I said, why? And she said, because I see that you're a mature person that is willing to work on himself and work at a relationship. Mm -hmm. I said, wow, that's amazing. So I think if you meet somebody and you have shared vision and values and you know how to open uh, yourself to their way of communicating mm -hmm. and they're committed to, to working on themselves and working at a relationship, you've got the most important pieces to the puzzle. Okay. Uh, while we're talking about communication, so there's something that I heard you say in a lecture, using yourself as an example. People have different communication styles often because of their family of origin. So you've been very upfront publicly about your own family of origin being vastly different from your wife's family of origin, and therefore among that includes the way you communicate. And she was accepting of, of that too. She, you accept each other for right. your communication style. I think the beginning is to understand that even, we, even though we both speak English, we don't speak the same language. And I think it takes a lot of people to, to appreciate that. Uh, you know, how we, I mean, something silly, but how we understand cleanliness. Mm -hmm, sure. You know, it's like I did the dishes and my wife looked at them and says, uh, you call that clean? I said, uh, yeah, I call that clean. She said, well, I don't call that clean. <laughs> okay, well, you know, and then we, we set up to meet at 8 o'clock and she said, you call that on time? I said, well, yeah, everybody knows that 8 means 8.30. So there's little things that you, but those are really small and cute. But there's also in terms of a love language, like, yeah. and, you know, some people, they need more touch 
Or some people need that you just show care. Uh, if, if you do something in the house that you weren't asked to do mm -hmm. um, and you show that you share responsibility, that is a way of community. Some people, that's a love language for them. So mm -hmm. everybody has a different way. They need to hear, I love you. And it might be very different than your way. Mm -hmm. And you have to learn to know how to communicate love in the language that people understand um, and, 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 and how they want to hear it. Mm -hmm. So this is to say, a person is a package deal. You've said in lectures that you shouldn't anticipate that the person will change. They're a package deal and accept and communicate about it. You've also talked about um, try to find out whether this is a nurturing person. Because after all, if, as long as we're looking for a spouse, we want to know if this person is going to be able to nurture and build something. Build a marriage, build a family, God willing. You know what? The oxygen of a relationship is time. If people are going to take the time and give the time and share the time, they'll be okay. But I see a lot of people that think that love is automatic. If you don't give plant water and sunlight, it's just going to die. Mm -hmm. And so too, a marriage, a relationship needs time. And the only marriage that'll work is the one you work at. That's a great note to end on. I like that. Very interesting stuff. And I appreciate that you've spoken with us about what to look for in a spouse, Rabbi David Aaron. Thank you. And there are many additional excellent articles and classes on H.com about dating. Check them out. And thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.